Thank you so much for tuning in today to Being Careful. I am your host, Caroline Quash, and today on the podcast, we are having Carrie Wilkerson on the show. She is a best-selling author of the book Barefoot Executive, an international speaker and a sought-after radio guest. She has worked from home while raising four kids, now ages 10 through 21, and she and her husband, Eddie, have been married for 25 years. Carrie speaks from the experience of a former corporate clock puncher, high school teacher, sales representative, growth consultant, and business coach. And today on the episode, we are going to be talking about time management, changing your story, daily goals, and finding the silver lining, as well as a few other awesome topics. Before we jump into the show, I did want to let you guys know that I am no longer accepting sponsorships for the podcast as of now. I kind of felt like the advertisements can be an inconvenience and they're kind of annoying and I'm not really sure how many people actually even engaged with them. So I've talked with other podcast hosts and I've decided to set up a Patreon page, which is where you guys can donate money if you feel so inclined, if you really like the show and want to keep it going. So visit patreon.com slash careful podcast to learn more. And now let's get right to the interview. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We are so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So if you could just give a little bit of background about yourself, if people might not know who you are, who are listening, uh, that would be awesome. Just maybe talk about your bio and a little bit beyond that and how you got to what you are doing today. Sure. Well, I am a wife of 20 year, 25 years, I should say, about to hit another milestone, mom of four. And my kids now range in age from 10 to 21. And I always say so far because I never know if I'm going to adopt again or add to the family. So four so far. Um, and I am an author of a book called The Barefoot Executive and several more in the works I've been in business for myself at home for 20 years, even through all of the kids, and I now am a full-time speaker and writer. Amazing. So talk a little bit about Barefoot Executive, your book, and what it's all about. Yeah, Barefoot Executive is written for the person who thinks they want to start something at home or maybe already has started something, whether it's full-time or in addition to their job or maybe just a side hustle. It talks about the benefits of an income that you control. It talks about how to grow those, how to know what to do, how to get started and how to market that. Awesome. So I was perusing your website a bit and at the bottom of your like homepage, it talks about what you usually talk about. And what stood out to me was time management and productivity because that's something that I've been really struggling with as a stay-at-home mom. And I also have my own business at home. Um, I run my podcast, but I also have um, an Etsy shop. And so I'm working from home. But I want to talk about time management because it's something that for me, I've struggled with my entire life and it kind of seems like it's almost ingrained in me, but I don't want it to be. Um, I want it to be something that I can change and that I can work on. So I guess first, if you could just talk about time management and your experience with it, um, and then maybe we can uh, add some tips towards the end of the episode of how, how we can work on that. Yeah. First, I want to talk about what you said. You feel like it's part of your story that you are struggling with time management? Yes. Okay. So I think first, let's talk about the fact that we all have this story about ourselves. We all have this label 
that we've given ourselves, maybe from from things we've heard since we were little, like, oh, Carrie, you'd lose that. It, you'd lose your head if it wasn't attached to you, or you can't be on time to save your life, or all of those things. And they become part of our story. Um, we see this in social media, people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be your late friend. I can't, I can't be earlier than 15 minutes late. And we embrace those. We make jokes about them, and we think we're helpless to change them. And the fact is, it's just wrong. I used to be the perpetually late one, the one that was misplacing things, the one with a messy house, the one that uh, was disorganized. And I have changed that story. And the first thing I had to do was change the story in my head Mm -hmm. before my actions would follow. So if you feel like you're always out of time or you're always running behind, it's because you're letting time be in control instead of you controlling your time. We make it to our OBGYN appointments. We make it to family reunions or the dinner with the in-laws or whatever those things are that we feel like have some consequences, but everything else, we just kind of let it happen and let it be in control. When the fact is we can plan to start earlier, we can plan to do less things. Um, I remember when my kids were in the toddler phase, I made an active choice to give up TV altogether. Um, now they still watched some because, you know, Barney and veggie tales was kind of a lifesaver, um, (laughs) when I needed to work or when I needed to cook dinner. But, uh, the fact is my husband and I liked watching some TV at night, but we made an active choice to give it up for a period of time and to use that hour and a half or two hours to work on debt reduction or to work on something in the house or to work on something that we felt like. Uh, was going undone in the day. And that made a huge difference for us. I know that um, people say, I don't have time to work out or meal prep or dress. Like they're dropping their kids off in pajamas at Mm -hmm. school. The moms are in pajamas, not the kids. Well, you know what? You can get up before the kids. You don't want to, and you're tired and you deserve sleep. However, they deserve a calm mama and you deserve your time. So get up 30 minutes before them, dress, run a brush through your hair and see if it doesn't make a big difference in your day. So you have to schedule things. You have to plan them or really you blink and they're in college and you don't know what happens because it's all a blur. We all know those moms that are writing books, running businesses, doing the Pinterest, Valentine's, you know, everybody's matched and, and we get mad about it and we think, oh, she must have a staff or she's got so much spare time. Well, she's just using her time differently than you. So where, what can you give? What can you take? It's the same with money. I hear people say, oh, I'm so broke or, you know, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. And yet when you dig a little deeper, you find out they're paying 200 a month in cable, that the whole family has leased iPhones, that, you know, their car is never older than two years and they're constantly leasing or that they're going to Starbucks every day. There's room in your time and there's room in your money. You just have to be ruthless about it and stop thinking, what do I deserve? And instead, what can I earn? What time can I earn for me later? Or what can I earn to run my business or work on my goals? Yeah, I love that. And I think that you saying changing the story in your head is such a big, important thing. Um, I'm definitely someone who has always kind of stuck with my story for a very long time. I like grew up with an alcoholic mom and I've now she's passed, but I kind of still hold that story and I let it kind of control um, the way that I see other people's relationships with their parents and I become jealous and this and that. And I've just in the past year realized like, okay, I can't 
think like that anymore. You know, I've got to move forward. It is what it is, but it's not something that should be dragging me down. So I think with time management too, what, and, and with changing the story in your head in general, what are some ways we can do that? Because it's not as easy as it sounds, you know? It is, it is, and it isn't, (laughs) it is, and it isn't. And so I have to do myself the way I do my clients and my kids. I have to say it out loud to myself. Um, you know, I've gone from being the disorganized one or the messy house or the one, here's another story. Like I'm never the fashionable one. I'm never the stylish one. Well, you know, I changed that story in my head. I started creating new behaviors to go around it. Um, and someone at church a few weeks ago said, I shouldn't admit this, but I can't wait to get to church every Sunday and see what you have on because you're so stylish. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it, it, made me, it made me cry. Oh. My husband's like, my husband's like, why, why we, we all know this about you. And I said, listen, you've known me 25 years. You know, that's not always been my story. Yeah. That was an intentional shift in my story. And so you have to tell yourself things out loud, but you also have to back it up and you have to quit blaming. You have to own it. So my obesity, I've lost 145 pounds and my obesity, I could blame for years on genetics and habits. And the fact that I was on a parent imposed diet from the time I was eight or nine years old and you know, all those things. But at some point you have to own who's holding the fork and write your story. The reason people regain weight after they lose weight is because they haven't changed the story in their head. And you have to say things out loud to yourself. You have to create that image for yourself. You have to surround yourself with people that see you that way. When I'm around people now that didn't know me before, it's easier because they never knew the old me and it's not the whole story. They're not always like, Oh, how are you losing weight? And, Oh, you know, I remember when it's, it can be just the new acceptance of who you are. So Um, as far as changing the house, I would say things to myself like, wow, it's not like me to have clutter here. It's so much more like me to be a minimalist and to reduce the clutter. But then I would also schedule time. I was just thinking today, as a matter of fact, um, and a lot of people would say, oh, your house always looks so nice and it's so neat and you're always ready to entertain. It wasn't always that way. But today when the trash guys came, I thought, okay, you know what? I have a new goal and my new goal is every time the trash guys come, I'm going to take out a bag or a box of things I purge the 15 minutes before they get here. So kind of kind of like the 10 second tidy, but a purge that I'm then just going to take straight to the curb. Oh, right? So mm-hmm. right? So if I do that twice a week, 15 minutes, it takes up 30 minutes for the week. It doesn't encroach on any other time. I have to be taking out the trash anyway. Yeah. And look what that does little by little by little. It's a behavior that backs it up. So as I'm walking to the curb, I can say, you know, I'm purging because I don't like excess clutter because excess clutter is not who I am because I like things tidy and neat. It's about saying those things to yourself and backing it up with scheduled behavior. So you can't fix Rome in a day, right? But we also didn't get that way in a day either. Rewrite the story, state the story out loud in your head and schedule activities that back up the new story. Perfect. I love how you said you you made a new goal just today too. Um, because I think that that is so important to always be evolving. So I get frustrated with myself. I find that I get frustrated with myself when I'm kind of plateauing or, you know, just kind of coasting along. Um, 
I believe that like the only way you can really grow is to be setting new goals. So do you set goals, you know, every single week, you know, you have like weekly goals or monthly goals, or you just kind of do it as you go? Yeah, I think that kind of depends on the changes you want to make. I'm not a fan of annual goals because 12 months is too long. Mm. I really love 12-week goals. I think you can change your body in 12 weeks. You can change your behaviors in 12 weeks. Um, I talked to Dr. Daniel Amen, the brain guy, this past weekend, and he said, you know, you can rewire your taste buds in 10 days. The brain shows that you can rewire your taste buds in 10 days. So my husband, who comes from a long line of Alzheimer's, he is really at 49, now becoming concerned with brain health. And I'm so thankful. Mm, Chokes me up a little bit. So thankful that he's willing. Well, he's been from a family that just whatever happens, happens. And now after living with a goal setter for 25 years, now he says, okay, what can I do? So he likes his coffee like dessert. So he puts two stevia in it, plus a lot of vanilla creamer, plus all these things. And the other day I said, you know, Dr. Amen says we can rewire our taste buds in just 10 days. What if you just did one stevia plus all your other stuff, but instead of two stevia, just one stevia, give yourself 10 days and see how it goes and then cut back and switch your creamer Mm. for 10 days and see how it goes. So we're not doing anything radical We're just rewiring, changing taste buds and changing how things go. And then instead of him being somebody that says, yep, I like my, I like my uh, coffee like dessert. He can say, oh, well, really, I only take my coffee with one stevia and light cream, you know? So um, I'm a big fan of daily goals. I'm a big fan of weekly goals. I think our problems when we set big long goals is that then the days don't matter. Like I'll start my diet Monday, 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 Monday. I'll start walking tomorrow. I'll clean that out tomorrow. Well, when you set daily goals or weekly goals, every day starts to matter. Mm. And so then it matters what we do with every day. So that means that like every day actually has that purpose. I feel like a lot of times people are looking for purpose every day and they're just kind of like, Ugh, it's just another Tuesday. You know, I definitely right. get that way staying at home. It gets, yeah. it gets to be exhausting and repetitive. Right. But, but I do like that. Yeah. So if you had a goal of like every day, one thing you're going to purge every single day and put it in a bag in the garage so that when the trash guy comes, you have a full bag, you know, that's something that's something you can do with your kids too. even, you know, as toddlers or, um, I have a daily goal that dinner is figured out by nine o'clock AM every single day. I have a dinner plan. It doesn't mean I'm cooking. It may mean that I know we're doing takeout, but I know by nine so that then I'm not making poor decisions later when my energy is low and when I'm starving. So that's one of my daily goals is dinner by nine. Um, you know, just those kind of little things matter. Um, I have little goals that I never leave on a trip or let my husband come home for a trip to a messy house. It doesn't mean it's like the whole fifties where I greet him with a cigar and his slippers at the door. It's not that it's that I want our home to be a sanctuary and with kids that's hard but I can at least have a candle burning, have the countertop cleared off and maybe the dishwasher running or the dryer going, right? Right. A little, a little bit of Febreze here and there and it's just a much calmer space. So those are just some of my little goals that, I, that don't take a lot of time and that actually make a difference. Uh, personal goals, like today's goal might be, I'm just gonna drink water all day or I'm gonna drink four waters today. 
I have uh, I drink a water called Essentia. I just started, uh, and it has extra electrolytes and stuff in it because my my chemicals get imbalanced really easily uh, during weight loss and also because of some medical stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a great size. I want to, I'm showing you with my hands. It's like 58 <laughs> ounces or something, but I start drinking it at about 10 in the morning. I put in my, um, vitamin supplement packets that I use. And my goal is to finish drinking it by the time I pick the kids up from school. And so if my daily goal is Essentia, I mean, that's not a huge goal, but it's better than I was hydrated yesterday. And it's one thing, here's what's important. It's one thing that I can celebrate every day. I have to have a win because I need to change my story to being a winner instead of a victim. So little daily goals like that help me be a winner and then give me the confidence to tackle harder things. That makes so much sense too because that's what when you're sitting here saying that I'm going well yeah because then that means at the end of the day you've accomplished something right and how like, great even is if that it's just the empty bottle <laughs> right and that's like even those little goals it's like almost training your brain to be like okay well what else can I do what else you know is there something bigger that I can do right and that's a really really helpful tip I think for anybody because for me like staying at home. It, a little goal like that, oh my gosh, I would feel amazing at the end of the day and I would feel like I've accomplished something huge, even though it's yeah. something little. Yeah. The other thing I do is right after the kids go to bed, first of all, my kids have chores and they have since they were little bitty, but um, right after they go to bed, before I plop down, because right, we're so exhausted yeah. and we're so relieved because everybody's in bed, at least for the next few minutes, um, I have a goal of a little tidy, like maybe 10 minutes of I just kind of swoop up some surfaces, wipe off something, spray some Febreze because the dogs go to bed with the kids, mm -hmm. you know, and just restore a little bit of order because I deserve that. Totally. I deserve a little bit of order and I certainly don't get it during the day, right? So I do, I just kind of wander around, waller in my clean house a little bit. Not that it's clean, clean. I'm telling you, I'm looking at it right now going, holy cow, my floors. So I've got to do something about my floors. But there's order, and that's a goal for the day. Um, I learned this from Fly Lady is that, you know, my sink is always empty at the end of the day. I do not go to bed with a dirty kitchen. I just cannot because if I wake up to that, it's like it defeats me and chases me down all day long. Yeah. So I think we're talking about domestic goals, but the same goes with nutrition the same goals with, uh, the same goes with if you're working on a business or a podcast or whatever, but, um, already it, you know, let me just kick into coach for a minute already. Since we've been talking, you've said so many times, well, yeah, because since I'm staying at home and yes, well, I'm the mm. stay at home mom and yes, that's part of your story too. Oh. And so when you're working at home, you're doing this podcast, I mean, really to have this kind of quiet time and be able to do an interview, no matter what it looks like behind the scenes. I mean, that's pretty amazing in and of itself. So your story is that yeah, I'm a toddler wrestler. I am an expectant mama and I'm, I'm rocking this too because I'm changing me and my kids deserve the best me that I can be. Doesn't mean you have to be better than anybody else. It just means you have to be your best you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's so true. I didn't even like while I'm sitting here, I didn't even realize that I kept saying that. And then yep. you told me that. And then I was like, mm, I started laughing because I'm like, did I really, I have been saying that about myself. And honestly, so this is just a funny little uh, look into what it is behind the scenes. But I set up the 
video monitor because my child doesn't nap anymore. Um, and I set it up downstairs and she's got her apples and peanut butter and she's watching her show right now because <laughs> yep. it's a 30 minute block that I can do an interview and it's working perfectly. Yep. Yep. That's what you do. You work in the cracks and that's huge and that's successful and, um, and that's a win. And so too many times we want to compare with other people and we've got to just stop that. We've got to just compare with us and we've got to be careful of the stories that we're telling ourselves. A lot of people stay in their story because, um, their story serves them like, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Or, Oh, you know, um, my husband works. And so I'm just trapped all day. You know, listen, I, I hate to be that girl, but my husband travels 90% of the time. I'm a single mom 90% of the time and have run a full-time business for 20 years, four kids, one special needs that will never be independent, kids that are involved in music and tumble. I've homeschooled, I've private schooled, I've part-time schooled. I've done all the things. I have aging parents. I'm involved in my church. I've written books. I, I do coaching and consulting and I travel some too. So I get it. Right. I get, I get it. And I don't have a nanny and I don't have a cook. I don't have a staff. And we added two dogs this year. So, you know, that being said, I get it. But we have time for what we make time for and for what our priorities are. So the story serves you. If it's not serving you, then quit telling the story and, and write a new one. I love that. Um, real quick before we go, I know another one of your specialties is, um, you know, experiencing that joy and that positivity as your daily choice. So if you could just maybe leave us with something along those lines that would help us to bring joy to our everyday, because I think that, um, well, I know that for someone like me who suffers with, here's a story, but um, yeah. who suffers with anxiety and depression, it can be hard some days to find that yeah. joy and positivity. Um, and so I would love to hear your take on that. Just, just a tidbit. Yeah. So I have anxiety too. And, um, we have chemical depression in the family. I've dealt with that off and on. Um, and like I said, I'm alone a lot of the time yeah. and I travel. So traveling globally with anxiety as a woman alone is not super fun. And I also choose to be unmedicated. So, um, which is not, you know, necessarily good for everybody else. Um, I control the things I can control. I use essential oils. I use, um, you know, quiet times, bright lamps. I try to control my circumstances by giving myself extra time or extra prep. If, if anxiety is an issue, I try to get to the root of what the anxiety is. Do I feel inferior? Do I feel like something's going to go wrong? Am I nervous about danger? You know, what does that look like? But here's the thing. It boils down to this. We find what we're looking for. And if we're looking for positive things and silver linings, we tend to find those. If we're looking for reasons why we're not doing more or why we're letting ourselves and others down or why we shouldn't do, then we're going to find those too. So I really just have changed the goggles that I wear to looking for positive things. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's that simple. It doesn't mean I'm not a realist because I absolutely am. It doesn't mean that I live in a bubble because I absolutely don't, but I do choose to see the positive. I have a friend I graduated with that I haven't seen in about 25 years. He is the head comic for Marvel. 
he did the new Captain America and he did the new Star Wars covers and he's, he's amazing. And we went to this little bitty teeny tiny town in Springtown. And I'll tell you, my personality has been very much the same since high school. I've always been that kind of motivational girl, very encouraging. And, um, and I remember him telling me in high school that he wanted to draw and I said, well, that's good, Johnny. And I'm so proud of you. You're so good, but we do have to get this assignment done and get our diplomas. So let's put (laughs) that away and let's focus on what we're doing. But the other day he was in Texas. He lives in New York. He was in Texas. He texted me. He said, Hey, let's have coffee while I'm in town. And, um, then he texted me later and he said, Oh, change of plans. My uncle just passed. And so my whole week is going to be taken up with family and wake and the whole nine yards. And I said, Johnny, I totally get that. And I so love that you were here in town when your family needed you. Yeah. And he said to me, there you go, you and your silver lining. (laughs) And I thought, okay, you know, if that's my legacy, I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with that because... That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for the positive. I'm looking for what we can build on. And I'm looking for that new story. Yeah. And it's not like you made that up. It was a good thing that he was there. He just wouldn't have seen it unless you said something. Yep, exactly. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm glad we got to chat. And um, if you could just let everybody know where they can find you, um, if you have social media, your website and stuff like that, so they can check out your book and everything. Sure. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash barefoot executive, or just search Carrie Wilkerson. And I'm there under encourager and speaker. Also carriewilkerson.com. I spell Carrie the same way Stephen King does. Mm-hmm. So carriewilkerson.com and all kinds of goodies on my website too. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so nice to talk to you and hopefully we can do this again sometime because you were just so wonderful. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing your new story. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Uh Bye-bye. Bye. I hope that you guys enjoyed my interview with Carrie. I wanted to touch a little bit more on the Patreon um, spiel before we, so that I, well, more so that I don't have to talk about it every single time um, on the podcast, on every episode. Um, Patreon is a way, it's a website and it's a way that you can donate to podcasts or, um, businesses that accept donations rather than using advertisers to pay, um, for them and to pay for their equipment and to pay for the podcast itself. So I set up a Patreon page. I know um, a few other podcasts that do, and I actually reached out in a Facebook group of all podcast hosts, and I said, hey, I have this many listeners. Do you guys think that I should set up a Patreon page? I feel kind of weird asking for money. And, you know, every single person that responded was like, oh, no, you should 100% set up a Patreon page. You have no idea how many people actually really want to support you and who are willing to give a dollar a month, five dollars a month, whatever they want. There's so many people that are willing to do that rather than, you know, them having to listen to advertisements every single time, every single episode that they don't even care about. So I was like, you know what, I'll set it up. I'll see how it goes. Really, I would love to have some income coming in from this podcast. I do work on it really hard and I do everything from the producing to the recording to the editing to the website 
and it gets to be a lot and there are some hidden costs as far as like the domain and the hosting and all of that that I cover myself which is just like a few hundred dollars a year but still that can add up Um, and it would be really nice to not have to worry about those costs and to maybe even be making some income from this podcast which could help me to get some more big names on the show Um, and so I do, I would, I would love if you guys would just at least, um, if you have time, go check out my Patreon page and see what it's all about. So you can visit patreon.com slash careful podcast, and I will put the link in the show notes. I'll put the link right on the podcast episode, so you can just click on it right now from your phone, but it's just www.patreon.com slash careful with two L's podcast. And what you can do is you can choose to become a Patreon and you can donate $1 a month, $5 a month, all the way up to however much you would want. And I've set up a little bit of a reward system. Basically, for example, if you sign up to do $10 a month, you get a personal email from me um, and that way we can start talking about all things self-care and whatever questions you may have and we can keep this email chain going and kind of start a new friendship and I can take um, you know, some pointers from you and some guest suggestions from you um, and it would be really, really fun. There's also, if you were to donate, um, let's see, $25 then you get a special promo code for my candle shop to use for life. And if you were to do $50 a month, which I would be blown away, but you would get a special promo code for careful candles to use for life, which would be 25% off every single order. And you would get a free candle from me of your choosing. So that's a little bit of what Patreon is all about. If you guys want to support me, that would be so awesome and it would be really cool to see you know, those of you um, who support me. And if not, that's obviously okay too. But just do me a favor and go ahead and check out the website and see if it's something that would interest you. Again, it's patreon.com slash careful podcast. And the link should be right there on today's show notes right on your phone through iTunes. So thank you guys so much for listening to this little spiel here. And um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry that the episodes have been, you know, coming out a little bit late. It's just been a lot with being pregnant and having a toddler who's sick. So I hope to be um, putting out another episode next Thursday and I will talk to you then. Have a good week.